Welcome to episode 25 of Lil Muck, a tiny slice of the Muck podcast where we talk to people in the media and politics about their favorite stories or experiences. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary, tell us about today's guest. Today we are interviewing Colorado House Rep for District 27, Brianna Titone. Representative Brianna Titone was elected in 2018 to represent House District 27 in Colorado. She serves as the vice chair of the Joint Technology Committee and serves on the Health and Insurance and Energy Environment Committees. Additionally, she, she serves as chair of the House Democrats LGBTQ Caucus. She has successfully legislated an agenda committed to eliminating gaps in consumer protections, a affordable housing, health care, and LGBTQ rights in Colorado. Thank you so much for being with us, Representative Titone. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So you've recently been elected um, the chair of the, L- the Legislative LGBTQ Caucus in Colorado. What do you hope to achieve in this role? Uh, yeah, well, thanks for the question. Uh, we have been a growing group of people over the years. Uh, we have eight members right now, and there's a lot we can do if we are structured as a nonprofit. So that's one of the mm. things I'm uh, looking to do this year uh, is to actually set up a nonprofit so we can raise money and, and uh, help causes for the LGBT community. And another thing that I'm interested in doing this year is including uh, some of the other elected officials in other uh, roles. So not just state uh, representatives, but uh, city councils and mayors Mm. and school board members and everyone else, because we have, I believe, at least 20 other people uh, in the state. So why not expand it to other areas? Because most of our membership in the LGBT caucus is in the Denver metro area. So if we expand it out to other folks, uh, we can really get to more areas of the state. Oh, I love that idea, especially with the school board members. I think that's so important. Yes. Um, you know, we, we're in Florida, so <laughs> I was looking at your legislature. It's like Democratic-led, and then you have a Democratic governor. How nice is that? Because I have no idea. Yeah, we don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it wasn't always that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we We have come a long way, and uh, you know, even in my district, my district was a uh, solidly red district mm. up until 2016. And there has been a shift of demographics. Um, a lot of people have been moving to Colorado from other areas and uh, bringing, you know, mo- more progressive values than conservative values. We already had a lot of conservative values here already. Uh, but when we have the, the governorship, the Senate, and the House, we can actually get the things done that, that we need to get done. And uh, it's, it's a really nice thing. And I hope I don't have to experience what it's like to not be in the majority uh, as, as you are. And, and I feel really bad for, <laughs> for the states that are, are struggling right now mm-hmm. uh, because there's so many policies coming down that yeah. are just really trying to take it even further back. Yeah. yeah, and make it more difficult to elect people that are not conservative, voter mm-hmm. suppression, and attacks on LGBT communities, and it just—it's really disheartening that that we're seeing this uh, step backwards in our country. We saw recently that your 
the governor, Polis, recently signed an uh, HB 1161, which suspended statewide assessments for select grades. And the federal government has provided an option for all states to do this. And, you know, yet states like Florida, we're still having our students uh, taking these year end assessments that is going to potentially affect whether they can progress to the next grade. It impacts teacher pay because it's paid for performance. And why did you think that this bill was necessary? And how do you think we can convince other states to follow suit? Well, I mean, it's uh, kind of like, you know, blaming the the performance of these kids, you know, without considering the pandemic. I mean, we have unprecedented times right now. Uh, it's not just trying to work from home uh, on an internet connection that may not be adequate, uh, maybe not having an adequate internet connection at all or having any connection, uh, not having the, the laptop, maybe having to share it with, with another kid in the, in the household. There's so many reasons why performance of kids are being impacted because of the pandemic. And to hold them to the same standard that we were holding them to before is just completely unfair to these students. They are a victim of circumstance. And you know, holding these tests is it, it, just, it's not fair to them. So we took the approach that we wanted to give these kids an opportunity to uh, not have to take these, these exams. And I think that it's an important step that we can do right now during the pandemic. And we can go back to more of a business as usual uh, procedure, you know, moving forward in the next couple of years. But right now, we need to make sure we're thinking about these kids and their their future. And if we put them on these standardized tests and they don't perform, they're all going to get sent back. It's going to cause a, a lot of log jams in uh, growing class sizes and certain grade levels uh, because people are going to be in the same grade again. So we feel that it's just better to, to kind of give them the opportunity to move on and, and kind of recover in the next year. Oh, that's really great. And I didn't even think about the log jamming aspect of that, of kids being held back mm. in those other grades like that, that didn't even occur to me. So that's um, a really great reason as well. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, what I consider one of the worst thing that's happening in 2021. And that is uh, the massive amount of anti-trans legislation that is moving through a lot of states through the, through DC, through the national, on the national level um, here in Florida, there's an, um, a bill to not allow children who identify as trans to participate in sports um, and we talked to Representative Michelle Rayner on the our podcast last week, and she made the point that all of all the time she was running for office, not one person, not one constituent was like, you know what I don't want to happen? It was about unemployment. It was about pandemic. Nobody ever brought this up. Why these pieces of legislation are moving through all of these states, um, it boggles my mind, especially during a pandemic. The economy is fragile. Unemployment is high. Why do you believe that this is a focus right now? Well, uh, that is a great question. And, um, you know, just because Colorado is a blue state doesn't mean we're immune to those kinds of things. We, we had the same kind of legislation uh, mm -hmm. last year that we killed. And, 
now it's just becoming even more uh, prolific across the country. So many more uh, states are doing this. And I think it's because the Trump administration really uh, put the the foot on the neck of trans people. Mm -hmm. They started with all of these, you know, with with the ban on military uh, enrollment for trans people. And then it was uh, putting people in charge of, of departments that put policies in place against trans people. And they're really, it kind of gave people permission to want to single out trans people. And then we started seeing people like uh, Marjorie Green, mm-hmm. Taylor, uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Green, uh, and uh, our our favorite person in Colorado we like to uh, point out all the time, uh, Lauren Boebert. She's also saying the same kinds of things. Um, It's it's really, they're they're playing to a group of people who they can get to give them money and uh, to talk about them and to get them fired up because it's an issue that, that they keep saying the same tropes all the time. It's funny, I just tweeted today about uh, there was a thread that was put on there that says that, you know, transphobic stuff is nothing new. Right. It's just recycled homophobic stuff. Mm. And now they have a new person, a new group of people to really target. Mm. And and it was really interesting. It was going back even to the 60s and 70s of news articles talking about uh, how people were being singled out in locker rooms and bathrooms. And, and everywhere else, just the same way that, that they've been targeting trans people. So they're just recycling these bad ideas that have been festering for decades uh, and now just putting a new name on it and rebranding it for trans people. And they know that it's worked in the past mm-hmm. when it came to singling out uh, lesbian and gay people. And now they're using it again for trans people because it unites mm-hmm. people in this fear that they've created and they're trying to cash in on it. You know, when they can make, when they can raise money on it, when they can, um, you know, get people to talk about them and get them in the news, Mm. that's what they want. They want to create clickbait and, and we're, you know, the media is falling into it. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, people like myself, I mean, I can't let them just get away with saying the things that they say. I have to call them out on it. So yeah, absolutely. They, when, when that happens, it just keeps perpetuating their, their words and getting their words in front of more people. And, and we just need to educate people on why what they're saying is bad, why they're saying is what they're saying is wrong. And when we can actually inform people mm-hmm. that, that these things are not right, and we can get more people to agree with our side of the story, we can just get it to go away eventually. But right now we, we have a lot of work to do. We do. And, you know, it's we, so on our regular muck episodes, we cover like really bad stuff that's happened in American politics from forever. Yeah. And um, unfortunately playing on fear and of what the general public doesn't understand and twisting it is what has always happened. And it's the fact of the matter is this, it is so dangerous 
when this when you talk about tra- the trans community in this way, especially for children who identify this right. way, those words they hold a lot of weight and power with with folks who could be dangerous. And so you're putting an entire community in danger, one that's already marginalized and you know, it's incredibly scary. Um and to think that they're doing it for more power and for, for money. more votes or and for, for money, money that's, is that's so incredibly thing. gross. I find it offensive, so offensive. And the fact that the media, um, I think your point about the media yes. that is continuing to give airtime yes. to to this, you know, that that's that's a, a fault. Well, yeah, it, it, it's exactly right. And uh, you know, I, I said the exact same thing about Lauren Boebert. I mean, saying the things that she said on the House floor, mm. that it will be recorded and archived forever, you know, and there's kids listening to that. And if a kid was uh, in a vulnerable place in their life and they heard someone say that on the floor of Congress, that, that has a lasting effect on them. And then all the other people who agree with this stuff, now they've been given permission to beat up on a, on a population of people who are different that, that they don't agree with. Exactly. And, and that really makes me sick uh, because it's kids that are being uh, victimized here. It's kids that are being villainized. That I mean, what, what Bobert said was, oh, you, you have kids, girls are going to have to watch their backs mm-hmm. in locker rooms. I'm like, Give what me are you a break. talking yeah, about? I... No, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. Stop saying that. Yeah. And there's no proof of, of, right. of, of any of this. And it's already, it's just, it's... They perpetuate the same story. They do. And the thing, so I wanted to ask you also, because uh, President Biden said this b- long before he was president, but that trans rights, fighting for trans rights are like, the, it's a new civil rights. It's the new fight. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's the group that has always been forgotten about, even when, the LGBTQ movement started, mm-hmm. it really didn't include trans people. You know, back in Stonewall, yes. I mean, there were trans people there, but they didn't they didn't get theirs. It was the the gay men that got theirs first. Then lesbians started to become more accepting. And trans people and, and the rest of people were kind of left uh, to fend for themselves. And and that's that's unacceptable. And and now that we're seeing people like me and others that are in public spaces, uh, a lot of actors and, and uh, sports people that are becoming more mainstream and, and known, it's giving kids courage to be themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like we didn't exist before. Right. We, we've always been here. We just had to not be ourselves because we didn't want to get killed or beaten <sighs> up or... Or, uh, you know, just not, not give them a job or a place to live. Right. Well, My I mean, goodness. it's 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 the visibility. We have Trans Day of Visibilities coming up um, at the 31st. Like, it, it's so important, yep. but it's also, um, I understand the fear of, of not, you know, it's a, it's dangerous. It's, it shouldn't be, but it is. And then yes. when you have elected officials who are perpetuating this, this, this garbage, it just, it's frightening to me. Um, Especially when, but, chi- when children are concerned yeah, and putting children at and risk again, is, is again, and at a time when, when we are living in a, in a time when there's so much more to worry about, how are you going to keep a roof over your head? What, what about my job? What about my health insurance? Yeah. And this is what we're focusing on. It's like, we've lost the idea of like what, 
the good of the government supposed to be for, you know? Right. Yeah. And we have a patchwork of, uh, we have a patchwork of, of policies across the country. So, you know, if, if you work for a company and you have to move someplace else, you may not have the same rights mm. when you go somewhere else. And that's why the Equality Act is such an important thing that we need to do to, to, to level it out. Yes. That way, no matter where you live in this great country of ours, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about being discriminated against if you go from one state to the next. I mean, it, it, it's really becoming bad for a lot of different minority groups of people just traveling across the country mm-hmm. that they have to worry about their safety in one place compared to another. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's a sad reality. Yeah, it's, it's it's horrible. So I wanted to ask, as a representative, you have such an opportunity to make change. What is the one piece of legislation you would love to put forward and see pass? Oh, well, uh, I have almost 20 bills this year. Wow. Um, that, that, that's unusual. That's, I don't know how that, I think a lot of it just kind of trickled over from last year because the, uh, the bills were uh we're all killed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um but the one bill that I've been working on that's re- I'm really passionate about is uh the digital right to repair bill. And this would give people the ability to have more freedom to fix the things that they buy. And right now, uh if you break your phone screen, you know, there's not a lot of places you can go to get that fixed. And if you do, you're risking warranty issues or not being able to get any service from from the manufacturer anymore. And it's not just for phones, it's for computers and farm equipment. Farmers are running into this problem. Mm. And people in wheelchairs, people who own an electric wheelchair, if they try to fix their wheelchair, they may have the warranty voided, which causes all sorts of problems because a lot of times it's uh, with Medicaid. And Mm -hmm. here in Colorado... We have one company that does wheelchair repairs, and they have 90% of the market share for wheelchair repairs. So, you know, we're dealing with a lot of monopolistic behavior on on the uh, where the dealerships and the manufacturers have the exclusive control over fixing the devices that you have. So, you know, the question is, do you really own something if you can't fix it yourself? And not everybody wants to fix it things themselves but you know there's some simple repairs that should be done should be able to be done to help keep things out of the landfill to help people save money there's a lot of people that would like to fix their phone and not have to replace it if they don't have to so we need to make sure we're doing this and this is a, a an issue that's been around the country in half the states they, they have a, a right to repair bill this year Last year, same thing. Last year, same thing before that. But we're going up against the biggest companies out there. Mm. And they have a lot of power and a lot of influence. And none of these bills ever pass. Mm. So we're really trying to get this bill passed this year to try to make some momentum for all of the other states that are trying to do the same thing and fighting for consumers over the big, giant, monopolistic uh, corporations that are out there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it sounds like I, it would be a nonpartisan issue too. Like it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to get. Well, I would think, I guess, because the corporations are involved. Well, it, it's it's about it's a freedom thing. So um, you know, last year I had the assistant minority leader in the Senate on my bill, 
so, you know, th- these bills that come up across the country are often led by Republicans mm-hmm. or led by Democrats or led by both. And you're absolutely right. It's, it's not about business. It's, it's actually protecting smaller businesses, businesses who want to repair stuff who mm-hmm. can't because they don't have access to the tools and, and the equipment and the plans wow. uh, and the parts to, to be able to do it. So this is going to do the same thing that happened with cars in the, late, in the early 2000s. So Massachusetts passed a law that allowed people to be, be able to fix their own car and be able to diagnose what the code was on that check engine light. And that opened up everyone to be able to change their own oil and do minor repairs as they saw fit. Crazy. And and that changed the way car fixing happens in the country. So we want to do the same thing with electronic devices uh, while still maintaining the, the privacy and the safety aspects that manufacturers put on these devices. We don't want people to hack things. We want people to be able to have the freedom to repair things and have access to the tools that, that the manufacturers have to diagnose what those problems are. I mean, especially because we all have right. electronic devices. <laughs> this happened to my child recently, and they wanted us to ship the laptop, and it was going to be gone for a number of days. And we're like, how he's online learning. Like, what are we going to do? And we ended up, you know... Uh, getting an external mouse because we couldn't fix fix the issue mm. um, and c- didn't have the time to send right. it out and then wait for that repair. Wow. So it would be nice if we could have just went locally to have it fixed, but it's like, and they said the same thing. It's under warranty. You have to send it here. And we were like, well, why? <laughs> so um, I think it's an important piece of legislation. Yeah. And that's one of, one of many pieces of legislation that, uh, that I'm running. I, I, another one that I'm really passionate about this year is we're uh, putting a mental health wellness exam uh, and we're going to make the, the insurance companies uh, provide that to everyone free of charge. We want everyone to have access to a mental health exam just like they would a physical. So they would get at least one exam every year just for a check-in with a trained professional who can you know, help them understand uh, any issues that they have moving forward because mental health and physical health are so important. And yeah, without this. having yeah. that check-in, without having a barrier as a payment for that, right. uh, we can get more people to participate. And COVID has really exposed how uh, fragile mental health can be yeah. uh, under times of, of stress uh, that, that everyone are, is dealing with right now. Oh, my gosh. I love that yeah. so much. This so is warm. really important. Yeah, really wonderful. Oh, I love it. Well, this has been amazing, Representative Titone. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I'm going to move to Colorado. How, yes. How's that? <laughs> Can you, will you take two people from yes. Florida? Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I mean, Absolutely. we probably have to sit in quarantine for two weeks yes. before because, you know, we're COVID heavy over here. Yes. <laughs> we're COVID heavy. But uh, we would love to. We'd love, I would love it if you were my rep. This is fantastic. Yes. I love it. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you for sitting, for, for running for this seat. Yes. And, and you flipped the seat. It, wasn't it a red district? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I flipped it. So, uh, so amazing. Just, just a little tiny bit. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> it's, yes. Listen, one vote. That's enough. Listen, <laughs> thank you so exactly much for right. your time. We appreciate it tremendously. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. And have a, have a great summer. Thank All right, you, too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. If you want to learn more about this week's guest, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. 
To support the Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for the Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Dougherty.